Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Natural Technology Podcast, a companion to the exhibition Natural Technology. Welcome to the Symbiocene, now on show at the FU Art Science Gallery. I'm your host, Sam Mannenberg, and my guest for this episode is Vasilis Kokoris. He's going to talk about fungi and also about the artwork Premium Connect by Tabitha Rezer. Uh, Vasilis, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What is your role here at the VU? Uh, so I actually just started at the FU really recently uh, in uh, last October as an assistant professor and uh, my my work is uh, focused on uh, a group of fungi known as Arbascal and Mycorrhizal fungi. They live in the soil, we cannot see them, they don't produce mushrooms, they're not like all these famous uh, fungi that you see all around when you walk in the park. And what's interesting about them though is that they form a symbiosis with um, almost most plants that exist in the land. So they go into the roots of the plants, they colonize the roots, and then they form this uh, trade relationship where they give nutrients to the hosts and they take carbon from the plants. So imagine that everything starts from a single spore, that it's, it's the, the uh, multiplication unit of the, of the fungus, and then the spore is gonna germinate like a seed, and um, instead of producing roots, it produces what we call hyphae, and uh, the hyphae is a filamentous form, like a thread that grows into the soil, and then uh, it starts forming networks, so the hyphae is gonna connect with nearby hyphae, and it's gonna form this network that we call the mycelium of the fungus eventually. So this is the terminology pretty much you, you need to uh, <laughs> to remember. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because specifically for the, for the fungi, I'm, I'm studying the uh, arbascular mycorrhizal fungi, so-called. Uh, they, uh, all, all the network, all the mycelium they form into the soil that can be meters and meters long connecting different hosts, it's a single cell. So there is no separation in this entire network. It's all a single tube. It's really, really impressive system. When you do reading of about fungi, you you often see this this term the the, the www the World Wide Webs. Yeah. Can can you explain a little bit about that for us? Yeah, of course. So this is uh, it's it started referring to a different type of fungi. They're also mycorrhizal, but they're called ectomycorrhizal fungi. But again, it's fungi that they uh, colonize the roots of the plants, and then they can spread a huge network below ground and interconnect multiple trees. And uh, that was why it was characterized as the, as the wood wide web, because in most forests you have this intense networks below ground where nutrients are exchanged and signals being exchanged between trees and fungi. And it's really... Yes. And then with, with that trading, is it then, how does that w- work with the relationship? Because these nutrients, th- these are needed by the plants and they cannot obtain them in another way then yeah yeah exactly so the plants they are efficient in taking water and of course really efficient of taking sand and making the uh, uh, sugars and uh, organic carbon compounds but they're not so good on uh, taking some nutrients from the soil especially nitrogen and phosphorus yeah and this is where the fungi come to play they actually spread the mycelium way further from the root system and they're way finer and smaller and they can penetrate the soil in the ways a root cannot so they can uptake the phosphorus really easily and they can give it back to the plants when the plants are going to pay them back in, uh, in sugars. The story goes back around 450 million years ago when the plants were living as uh, aquatic plants and there were maybe some minor plants in the surface of the soil but without root system. And this is where the, the fungi came in and they were actually functioning as the primitive root systems. And that was, uh, that was transformation for the planet, right? Because when this symbiosis starts happening, then we have a lot of carbon dioxide getting rid- away from the, from the air. 
So we had this transformation of a planet that becomes how, how it is today. For the recording of today, I ask you to look at the, the artwork, uh, the video artwork of Tabitha Reser named the Premium Connect. And in, in, in this artwork is really about how humans are connecting to the world around them and how we can learn from, from, from plants and from fungi, but also from, from ancient civilizations. And how do you feel that they use this, this term of wood white webs? Eh? You explain to us what the wood white web is, but how do you feel that they use it in the artwork? I like it. I like it. I found the video in, in, uh, to be uh, to be philosophical, you know, yeah. the connections that it builds with and how the people can communicate in a different level than the physical level. And uh, it's it, it's a good alignment. I think that this is what happens below our feet. There is so many communications going on between different organisms. And I think it's a, it's a really nice metaphor to bring it to the humans as well. Because also, it's, it's all about a symbiosis, right? So many times I find myself thinking that uh, scientists are yeah, looking at the symbiosis of different organisms and how that can be translated into human symbiosis and society symbiosis. And you see all the different trends that exist between other organisms that do exist between humans as well. Yeah. So nature is always a, a better, the, the best teacher actually to yeah. to show us all these interactions. So, so if you, if I would ask you, what what is like the more most important thing that we as humans, as a species, as an organism, should learn, or maybe copy is the better term from from fungi and from these networking systems in a sense and these these that's a really good question um i don't know maybe a resource economy and use the necessary and establish meaningful interactions i think these are the things that uh come first in mind yeah that's that's also what tabita reser mm -hmm. kind of uh expresses in the work eh, that yeah. we you have to kind of get off the facebook and the, and the social media and get more of these these meaningful connections and do do you do you see that your work as as a scientist can help in in, in creating these new new ideas for for the future yeah i definitely think that uh bringing into light uh some such complex systems and uh, interactions and how they take place, I think they're really, really good examples for uh, for societal reasons and how we interact as humans. So we can take examples out of that. And then maybe because this is, of course, a podcast for the Art Science Gallery, how do you see the, the, the function of art towards your field as a scientist? I think it's uh, it's really important because uh, as scientists, sometimes we you know get trapped into our labs and in our ideas and into the formulas. We look into the papers and we forget that we have to communicate the results in a appealing way for people that, yeah. you know, they're not experts. So I really think that uh, merging science and presenting actually pictures of the organisms and try to make it as more appealing as possible for the crowd, I think it's 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 really key element. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you go and you present to a kid and you say, okay, these fungi, they are, are genetically complex. Nobody, you know, cares about that. But if you saw them a picture, colorful picture, and you saw them the nuclei, how they look, how they interact, and actually you... You put an ebens in the in the mind of that kid, then that kid will say probably, "Oh, you know, mycology is cool. I might grow up and <laughs> become a scientist to study this fungi." Yeah, that's cool. And and it it is interesting the role you see for for art as as being the co communicator. But do you also think that art can push forward science to to look at new topics or or, or look at topics in a different way? Do, how do you see that 
influence of art on your practice? Yeah, to me, it's harder to see the the opposite way, right? Because as a scientist, I am going from science to art, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but definitely, I mean, I believe that art can uh, can trigger deep thoughts, right? So it can give you an image, and you can contemplate on that for days, and you can come up with a kind of a meditative <laughs> yeah. uh, states and ideas about what you see. So I definitely think that, uh, yeah, if, if an artist can depict, for example, interactions and symbiosis in an image, then that will bring thinking. In the video work by Tabitha Risser, you see that humans can use networks to also learn from their ancestors. And my question is, do fungi do this as well? We know from uh, from from experiments that uh, young germlings or sp young spores that they can germinate. So that, uh, if they don't find a host, they're gonna die because they cannot take carbon from themselves. Right? They need the plants to take the carbon. So what happens sometimes is they they directly hack into the network without going through the host. And when they connect to the network, then they can take resources that they can survive. So I'm guessing that this is kind of the analogy that we can uh, we can get. Um, but of course, the system also can get other information. For example, if they if they connect with the network, they can exchange other organisms that live within the hyphae. So, for example, within the hyphae, you have also bacteria living in, right? That there might be exchange between the the new fungus and the old fungus, and then they can affect the viability of the fungus or how efficient it is. So, definitely, information are passing by for generations, if you'd like. And and your your own research is it's not really on these fungi that then form the wood white webs, but it's more about these other fungi. And and but you also told me that it's it's about the structure of the of human brains and how they relate yeah. to fungi, right? Yeah, they also form networks. Uh, now they also referred as the wood white web, but it's mostly found in uh, although they are also present in, in woods, but you also find them mostly in grasslands and uh, in other ecosystems. So then it's more the grass white web in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that would be <laughs> more appropriate. That sounds less sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's 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 fair. But the interesting thing with the, the fungi that I'm studying is that they're really generalists. So while the ectomycorrhizal fungi, which the wood white web was first described, they can associate with really limited number of species. So they're really specific, right? So you have a species of a fungus that's going to interact with a species of a plant. The ones I'm studying, they're not I'm studying, they're not really uh, choosy. So they can say, listen, there's a tomato here, there's a carrot here, there is a, a corn here. They're going to connect every single plant yeah. because they can interact with all the roots without having some specialization. So they do form these kind of networks again, and they yeah. interconnect actually multiple different plants with one another. Yeah. And then they, so then, and then do they do, then do trading from one type of plant to another type of plant, or is it always like the fungi gets the resources and brings it to the specific type of plant that needs those resources? This is a good question. This is hasn't, uh, doesn't have a definite answer yet, because it's okay. really hard to observe how things are moving down there in the network. What we know is for sure that they can, uh, they can actually choose have some kind of a choice where in which host they're going to give more nutrients and from which host they're going to get more carbon. So there's a type of a market going on. But we haven't seen things like, uh, for example, nutrients being taken from a plant to be given to another one. No, this the, the nutrients come from the soil, from the fungus, and just deliver to the plants. And the carbon always comes from the plants to go to the fungus. Yes, okay. And, and, and how does this then relate to the human brain? That's, that's a little... It's uh, it, it's interesting that the connections they form, like the network, the way it grows, yeah. uh, it resembles, if you would like, uh, a, a network of neurons. Yeah. And, and the growth of the hyphae, it's again apical. So you have this uh, spikes of uh, yeah. hyphae growing in the soil. Yeah. 
And uh, personally, also in my past research, in order to analyze the structure of the hyphae, I used uh, neuron-based programs, which actually you give a hyphae, and that the program that's trained to recognize neurons recognizes the hyphae and gives you the results like it's recognizing uh, a yeah. neuron. And um, it's really interesting. It's in, in, in a romantic way. I would like to think it as the the neuron system of the Earth, <laughs> connecting yeah. the plants and uh, sending that's, signals. That's, that's, that's a very beautiful te- term, the neural system of the Earth. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that's 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 something beautiful to hear, in a sense. And these signals, can we, in layman's term, call the call these uh, like communication that the, that the plants communicate with each other t- by using the fungi? Is that is that yeah. correct? If I yeah. say that, yeah, this is true. There is a signaling. For example, let's say that uh, a tree in the end of the forest gets attacked by some pathogens. It's going to release some hormones, some chemicals that these chemicals can travel through the network and yeah. inform, if you would like, nearby trees to build up the defenses so they can actually take the, the heat way uh, with less impact than the first tree that got attacked yeah so there is some kind of communication going on but i don't know if it's like the intelligent communication we like to think right (laughs) so um is it true that fungi can also make these choices what parts of a forest maybe shouldn't be alive anymore they can they can they can there are these networks that on a certain moment i don't know why from for me, in my mind, as I understand it, is almost like a decision. They make a decision mm-hmm. that they they take away the the minerals for a specific specific area, and then that part of the area dies, which gives then nutrients to the ground that then again can be used. But how how does that then work? Because that's also kind of management of an ecosystem. Yeah. That's yeah. ecosystem management in a sense. We I don't I don't have an answer for that. I mean the the decisions they make because it looks like some decisions sometimes, right? Um, and and I'm I'm sure that there might be some also there should be some physical explanation. Maybe the gradients changing and the mechanisms is uh, based on chemistry is being activated and they act like this. But um, in interesting you said that because we we actually uh, starting a really cool project here at Fu, uh, which we actually want to see how uh, communication happens within the network. So we're looking to find uh, electrical signals that might be triggered through the network, the same way our neurons work, right? Whether this is the way that some information is being passed rapidly to the networks. And uh, we haven't started yet, but it's going to be soon. So hopefully I will have some more things to say in the future about it. But it will be really cool to see that whether there is electrical signal communication going on, because then you can actually say that, oh my God, this is, looks like a brain <laughs> after all below ground. And you, you have this great initiative here. SPUN. SPUN. S-P-U-N, yeah, which yeah. is the Society for the Protection of Underground Networks. So the uh, the difference with, for example, we have so many like uh, societies that protect yeah. trees, they protect the environment, the above ground environment. We yeah. in, in Span we focus mostly on below ground. Yeah. So and the importance of the networks it's so much more than above ground that you would like. So for yeah. example, like more than fifty percent of uh, of the carbon is being stored below ground in these formations because the the hyphae of the body of the fungus. Uh, can hold the carbon and can remain in the soil for a long, long time. For example, leaves or other uh, tree barks, they just uh, degrade faster and they release the carbon again into the environment. And uh, in, in a time that ca- like climate change is a, a huge problem and all this allocation of carbon above ground from, uh, from human activities is becoming a huge issue, we have to consider how to keep healthier the soil so we can actually filter more carbon and get it down below ground so we can still remain retain our planet in in a good state yes so the the initial goal is of course to bring into attention 
that uh, there is this important ecosystem that plays a huge role in maintaining the health of our planet. And the second scientific uh, goal is to actually um, uh, sample all over the world for hotspots of uh, fungal networks below below our feet and to create this worldwide map that we can see whether diversity is higher, where is lower and why, what's happening, find the drivers of all these uh, connections and diversity. So if you like, again, back into the romantic view, we actually want to view the entire a neuron system, fungal system of the earth in the entire world. Yeah. And then I I I read a little bit about these 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 fungal systems and the and the trade correlation they have with the plants, but it is also they they kind of work also with with uh, uh with demand and availability of certain mm-hmm. uh, aspects, right? Yeah. Th- that is that is kind of reminiscent of of things that humans do as well in a sense that we uh, that that the price of of bread becomes higher mm-hmm. when there is less grain. And uh, how does that? So fungi, they just feel that they 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 can ask for more for on a specific moment, or how does that work? Yeah, it's actually a really uh, similar to trade market. So what happens is, for example, the, the fungus realizes that the uh, the phosphorus is running low, right? Yeah. So uh, because they sense the environment, of course, right? Like we, for example, we can have our eyes and we can see whether the food is running low, and then we have to go get our food. The same thing happens with the fungus. It senses when the nutrient is low, so it doesn't going to compensate with the low price of carbon, if you would like. So, Or it would choose the best partner, the best uh, plant partner to give it that is going to reward it with the most food for them for itself. So it's kind of it's not like a, a totally altruistic relationship. It's more like a, a, a market yeah. <laughs> relationship between between them that's going on. So that, and that, is that what you also mean then with the, with the resource-based uh, communication yeah. that we yeah. should do as humans that that we should look more at what is needed where and then bring it there where yeah where yeah it's exactly like for for example i don't know like um we we tend to uh gather things that we don't need we tend to hold on things that we don't really need we tend to not exchange things you know this is a bit more like about symbiosis interaction but if you're going to put the analogy back again to uh to human society uh, there are also like other not so beneficial associations happening in nature, right? So it's it's it can be it can be translated into human society as well. So for example, in the system, there are some plants that they're they don't have a chlorophyll, so they cannot photosynthesize, they cannot produce carbon, and they do hack the system. They hack the system and they take resources and carbon from the from the network. So they're not really beneficial for the network. They're actually pathogens, right? So like you can see, you can find examples for everything we see also in, in human society down there in the soil. But yeah, I think that we should focus on the more beneficial association on how a good symbiosis is established and how we can, as, as humans, establish a good symbiosis and a good society that is stable and runs with how many resources they have efficiently and runs for as long as time as possible. Yeah, that's great. Vasilis, thank you very much for being here and telling us all about fungi and also your reflections on the artwork by Tabitha Reser called Premium Connect. I think it's very enlightening to our listeners. I want to thank the listeners, uh, A, for listening. Please visit the Art Science Gallery. For more information, you can go to our website. Please find the link down below or go to our Instagram. Uh, there's also a link to Vasilis's own website if you are interested in his research and I want to add that this podcast was provided to you by the Art Science Gallery in, in, with partners Clue Plus and Studiotopia Project 
thank you very much for listening and please give us a five-star review and a heart symbol on Spotify. <laughs>